Welcome to the Find Your Nutrition Podcast. Here, we'll discuss nutrition for health, wellness, and energy for everyday life. What's up, everyone? Today, we have a great interview with Nancy, who has an Instagram account, happy.heart.cravings, and she posts great recipes, which are pre-diabetic and diabetic friendlies, and she has a great story. Just before we get into the interview, take a few seconds and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and let's get into the interview. Hi, Nancy. Welcome to the Find Your Nutrition podcast. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. It's great to finally meet you. You're someone who really knows how to make healthy cooking fun. Oh, thank you. I try. I try. (laughs) Yeah, I saw a lot of your Instagram recipes and they're really great. The videos, the editing even, and it really looks like you're having fun making making the recipes. Yeah, yeah. I love to cook. Um, I love to eat. And I love making videos, so I thought it would be fun to start my own um, account and just try different things. And it seems like it resonates with certain people, and that makes me so happy just because I'm trying to be authentic and sharing recipes that I actually make at home and just sort of my food journey dealing with prediabetes and before that having gestational diabetes. So just like sharing healthy recipes, if, you know, if people are insulin resistant or struggling to eat healthy, like just giving them some inspo day to day. Awesome. What actually got you into recording these these recipes and actually finding the things that you wanted to cook? Um, honestly, I wanted to just teach myself about social media. Um, you know, I mean, it's the place to be. And I do have a background in production and in video editing. So I thought well, it would be fun to just create my own videos. And I wanted to think of a way that was authentic, um, that might help others. So then I thought, hey, you know, it'd be great to just start something for people like me that just want to figure out how to eat um, healthy um, if you, you are struggling with prediabetes or diabetes. And I thought, oh, that's a great way to combine two of my passions, which is like content creation, video creation, but also cooking and healthy eating. Yeah, even from your first video, you see that you really have done video editing or content creation <laughs> in the past. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> just trying. Honestly, it's just trial and error. Like, I think. If anyone um, had an inkling to start, but you just have to start somewhere. And yeah, you know, you just kind of learn as you go. And honestly, the foodie community is so supportive. Like, um, there's so many great people out there, and everyone just sort of shares their knowledge and is very supportive. And that's kind of why I love, I love doing it. Awesome. Can you tell me a bit more about your experience with prediabetes and gestational yeah. diabetes? Yeah, so um, for both of my pregnancies, I did get diagnosed with gestational. Um, So I had to work with an endocrinologist and some uh, dietitians and nutritionists to kind of have a meal plan for me because my levels were um, out of control in a way. Like for my second pregnancy, I even had to go on insulin injections before meals. So that was kind of tough Um, and just kind of learn about like, balancing your plate, but also carb counting and um, exercise. Like I was always walking like at least 30 minutes after every meal to just try to keep my levels in check. And I had to um, use a glucometer and just check, like do all the finger pricks to check what my levels were. I I didn't have access to a CGM back then. (laughs) Um, But actually 
after my second pregnancy, six months later, I was diagnosed with prediabetes officially. Um, yeah. And then I kind of like, I don't want to say like, I, I freaked out, but I kind of freaked out. And I like, yeah. cut out everything that is so called bad. Like, I cut out all the white, sh- white, white carbs, I didn't have any added sugars and anything for like months and months. And it was quite extreme. But it to be fair, it did work. Um, I went down to like, 5.7 after six months for my a1c um but then it wasn't sustainable like i couldn't do it for i did it for about a year but then i just started feeling like i was missing my favorite foods and i was like i don't know i i, I used to have so much joy in eating and i felt like my relationship with food had changed and i was starting to feel guilty about wanting to eat even like my cultural foods like rice and noodles i was feeling bad about it so then I had to kind of change my perspective. And over the years, I've figured out what works for me. And it's still incorporating some of my favorite foods, but in a healthier and more balanced way and being more mindful about like pairing with protein and healthy fats and fiber from veggies or fruits and just trying to like have a balance so that it's not so restrictive. Because for me, like I couldn't do it. Like it might, it might work for people. Like I know keto works for a lot of people and different types of diets like that but for me I just couldn't do it because like I love food too much I love eating out and it was like it was tough for me so yeah I feel like I found a decent balance to live a semi-healthy lifestyle you know within the pre-diabetic range for sure yeah I know it sounds like a really common experience from a lot of people I've talked to going really extreme the second they find out they're pre-diabetes cutting out all of everything that they think is bad and then eventually finding a balanced way. But I wish people could, instead of having that fear in the beginning, to really try to find that balanced way from the start so you can, you know, still enjoy food and you can still um, reverse prediabetes. Yeah, totally. Like, I unfortunately couldn't reverse it. Like, I think part of it is genetics. And like, my mom has type 2, hurt my grandparents both had it. Um, so I feel like for me, I don't know if I can ever be successful in fully reversing it, but I can keep it in check. Like I've always been kind of in the 5.7 to 6.1 range for my A1C for the last mm-hmm. maybe three, four years. But it's sort of like, I feel like that's kind of where I have to accept that maybe I, I personally won't be able to like fully reverse it, but at least keep it within a range that maybe I can like, you know, hold off type two for as long as I can. Like if it is going to be inevitable, like just try to live as healthy as possible, you know. Have you, when you were first diagnosed with prediabetes or even up until now, have you had any of the symptoms of prediabetes? A little bit like fatigue and like, um, sometimes, you know, when you, you can feel when you get that like high carb load or like a sugar rush when it goes like yeah. to your brain, like kind of almost like a little bit of a fuzzy headache. And then you just feel that like drop after. Yeah, I definitely would get that sometimes still. But Generally, like, I think I feel healthier because I'm trying, but um, yeah, definitely after a, a high carby meal and like maybe I didn't get to walk or like it was too much sugar in there. Yeah, I'll feel it. I'll feel it maybe an hour after. <laughs> yeah. So you get that to yourself. Well, I used, I had prediabetes in the past and I had lots and lots of symptoms of prediabetes, like fatigue throughout the day, really tired after meals. I had mm-hmm. dizziness every time I got hungry. And when oh. I would stand up, I would get really, like, I couldn't see, like, I was dizzy for a few seconds. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like, constant thirst and peeing in the night. Oh. Um, <laughs> there was lots. Yeah, it's not pleasant. 
but uh and there's even a few more i can't remember right this second but now it's all they're all gone which has been really life-changing for me that's what got me to want to like interview people and help other people to try and do the same Mm -hmm. that's great i think that's great to share your experience and your knowledge to like let people know like you're not alone like there's so many people out there that struggle with this and like you know, you can make simple changes in your lifestyle to try to keep it in check or even successfully reverse it like you did, right? Yeah. What are some of the things that you did to start eating more balanced? Like you still eat pasta and, and rice, for example, but how do you balance it up? Uh, I always try like, so I love carbs, so I can't say like, don't eat your carbs, but I'll pick a carb that I like. But then within that, you know, I, I have to, you have to keep it kind of like a decent portion for yourself, for your body type. And I know that that's sort of like, trial and error too right like you've got to figure out what a good portion would be for you um so after i pair like let's say do pasta um i wouldn't just eat pasta right you pair it with um a good protein like a chicken or some seafood some some fish um and then load up your plate with some veggies whether it's like you know like a roasted veg or like a salad um and then of course like have some kind of healthy fat in there you know whether it's like an olive oil um, something like that, just to sort of balance your plate and hopefully don't get that huge glucose spike after a meal. But, you know, obviously, like there are other things you can do, like also go for a walk after or do some moderate exercise after a meal. It's always key if you can, right? Yeah, for sure. I saw some of like the side dishes that you would make on your Instagram and they're really look awesome to me. I really like the Brussels sprouts, for example. What oh, are some of your, you. your favorite ones? Uh, yeah, I definitely, I love a good crispy Brussels sprout, whether it's like roasted or in the air fryer. Like, I love my air fryer. It's so, it's so <laughs> convenient for like easy, quick recipes and they come out pretty good. Like, um, also just a staple in our house is roasted broccoli because it's one of the few veggies my kids will actually eat. So I usually just like chop it up and toss in olive oil and salt and pepper. Um, and that's usually like, we'll have that multiple times a week. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's good you could get your kids to eat some veggies. Well, it's not it's not a big selection, but when we can find one that they'll actually, yeah, I gotta like cram that in our our meal for the, for our meal planning for the week. <laughs> yeah, what does your meal planning for the week look like? So you have like uh, for a whole family. So what is who's cooking? How? What do you cook? Yeah, that's a good question. Honestly, like I haven't figured it out very well recently because I started a new job a few months ago. So I feel like we're between me and my husband, we're still trying to figure out um, like our between our schedules and who can cook for the night. Because sometimes when five o'clock hits, we're like, the kids from after we're just like sometimes we're scrambling. But we definitely like on the weekends, like right now. My husband, he brought the kids to the grocery store, so they're going to go shop for the week. So we usually try to pick, we, we've nailed it down to like the proteins we pick. So we're going to pick one type of chicken for the week, whether it's like a bone-in or um, like a skinless, we'll pick a pack of chicken. Um, we usually do a fish, usually salmon, because that's what my kids will eat. Um, and then we'll just have like the staples that we'll pair with it, like the broccoli, like some salads. Um, when we're tight for time, we'll load up on some salad kits too just for convenience especially for our lunches um for us not for the kids the kids don't really like that but they also (laughs) like cucumbers so we'll buy some cucumbers and some carrot sticks they'll eat that um yeah and then just the staples like we'll have some rice some pasta um some noodles or something on the side so yeah we just try to plan ahead in that way but 
we still need to figure out a better system because I think some nights we're just like, oh no, we need to fix something. <laughs> yeah, it can be tough sometimes. Mm-hmm, totally. How, so how do you fit in content creation with the job and the kids and cooking and? Yeah, it's been hard recently. I feel like I haven't devoted as much time to my foodie account recently because of my new job. Um, so I feel like I'm still trying to figure out how to fit that in because I am actually a content creator as my full time job. So I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes um, I do spend a lot of my creative energy on my job <laughs> instead yeah. of like my, my my own platform. So I'm really trying to figure out and trying to carve out more time um, to do that. So I hope I can get back on posting more regularly soon. What's your favorite part of it? Of uh, content creation in general? Yeah. I think it's just making the videos. It's like seeing the final product. You kind of get like, you know, um, some satisfaction in seeing like, oh, look, what I put together. Here's like the shots I took. Here's like the way I edited with music. And like just to see recipes come to life. Like I feel like it's so satisfying in a way. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How would you say you used to eat growing up before the whole thing about gestational diabetes and prediabetes? Yeah, as a kid, we ate terribly. Like, not gonna lie, like we ate, we like like the balanced plate method was not really something in our house. Um, we ate a lot of processed food, like a lot of microwavable, um, like pastas and like frozen pizzas. Um, you know, sometimes we would just have a fruit for a snack, which is okay. But when you have like, you know, insulin resistance, it's probably not good to just eat a big banana for breakfast. Like, you know, so I, I didn't really have that growing up. And a lot of like Filipino food, especially it's very like rice and um, meat only, like not a lot of veggies incorporated into that diet. So I felt like for sure it's, it's it was hard to learn about food. Uh, eating healthy in a way until like I got older and just you know had to like be forced to be educated on how to eat healthier you know um but yeah so I think that's kind of what happened (laughs) (laughs) and what were the ways you you actually got educated about it oh well basically when I when I got gestational diabetes I was like what is that like I can have diabetes when I'm pregnant, you know? Um, So that's sort of how I was forced to learn in a way because, you know, I had to go see the endocrinologist and these nutritionists to like teach me about healthier eating. And it was actually mind blowing because I, I really didn't know. Like I, I was just like going on, on my days thinking, oh, you know, if I eat fruits and veggies, sometimes that should be good. But, you know, it's about changing the way you think about food like I used to always think okay a big plate of carbs will fill me up and yeah sure I'll have some meats and veggies incorporated but it's like that should be good that's balanced but it wasn't it's like your whole plate can't be all carbs to be balanced enough at least for my like lifestyle too like I'm not gonna go off and run like a 25k like marathon right so I'm not loading up on all my carbs like I like I should just like I had to learn what works for me um and the you know like really getting that one-on-one um help was really mm-hmm. valuable because i just didn't know i didn't know what a whole grain thing was like your options for whole grains like i didn't know that um eating more plants was great for you like i thought oh yeah i guess it is but you don't realize how much you actually should consume to make a difference right yeah for sure so so that's basically the things you took out from them is like um, 
eating more balance, eating more plants, a bit less yeah. of the carbs. Yeah, and just try to choose, um, you know, whole grains more often. Like I, they, they never really said stop eating certain things, but it's more like yeah. if you have a choice, it's great to incorporate more whole grains over like the white starchy carbs. You know, not saying never do it, but you know, if you can choose the healthier option, try choosing it more often, especially like to start your day. You probably it's good to have some kind of whole grains incorporated in breakfast, so you're not just like Ooh, right, like. Your sugars yeah. will go all the way up when you're so low at night. So it's so just like little things that I try to do. Like I always try to have some whole grain toast in the morning with my eggs, maybe some avocado, maybe some cheese. But you know, sort of like have a more balanced plate that's realistic because mm-hmm. you know in the mornings especially it's so busy, right? Yeah. What do you usually eat for breakfast? Is it the the bread with the eggs? Totally. Go to yeah. And if I have avocados, yeah. there's some avocados on there. Yeah. The coffee. Yeah some water we don't really drink juice anymore either um yeah that's a big big, like changing yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) the liquid the liquid sugar right straight to your veins in the morning i know (laughs) it's hard to imagine how many oranges you really need to even make a cup of orange juice it's like eight oranges (laughs) yeah it's like you mean like um like a freshly squeezed yeah if you like squeeze A whole cup of orange juice. It's like eight whole oranges. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. Like how expensive is that, right? <laughs> yeah. That's why those juice shots are so pricey when you buy them in yeah. store. <laughs> but it's also healthier just to eat, eat an orange. You know, you get the fiber, you get all the nutrients, the juice. It's yeah. completely different. It's true. You're right. Like the fiber is key. I think that's one thing I did learn too is that if you can choose, because I used to eat drink smoothies all the time. And I didn't yeah. realize, like, yeah, it's healthy because you get your greens in. But the way I was making it, it was too much sugar. Like, I would always have a ripe banana in there. I'd always add honey on top of it. And it was just, like, you know, liquefied carbohydrate going straight to the veins, right? It was, like, a little bit yeah. too much. So the one of the um, suggestions was, if you can, just eat the banana and eat it with some kind of protein or fats because like you get the fiber and you'll still get the nutrients so that's sort of like little changes i do i don't and or you know i'm gonna have it like a green smoothie maybe it's good to just have that green salad like have a spinach salad instead of blending it all up so i try but obviously like in moderation like if you enjoy your smoothies you know i totally get it if people love it it's, it's a good easy quick thing to have and a boost of nutrients but i guess when you're really struggling with your blood sugars there's some kind of like modification in the way you have to think about some of your favorite foods which is kind of a hard reality check sometimes (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure what about for your kids do you ever plan on making these less like teaching this to your to your children or how do you end up how do you go about that and at what age yeah, like, so sometimes they do ask me because I allow them to, their kids, so I still allow them to have their sweet treats when they want it. Um, and I don't, I'm not so, I'm not such a big stickler on making sure their carb, like, I don't car- like count their carbs for them. But they do understand that I eat less sugar than them. And they always, like, they ask me about, they ask questions. So sometimes I do tell them about, okay, we need to have a carbohydrate, we need to have a protein, let's have a vegetable. So just in a in a simple way that they understand and even my oldest who is turning seven soon he's learning about like the um i don't know if we call it the food guide here in Canada anymore but it's about uh, balanced eating because he asks me oh is chicken protein i'm like yes chicken is protein so just little things so that they know about nutrition like i don't want to scare them because they're so young and there's a lot of information out there 
information overload. So I just want to keep it simple and fun for them so that they can understand like generally how to eat healthy. And like, you know, we can't have like juice for every meal. Sorry. Like yeah. maybe for special occasions or once in a while, it's fine. But like, that's just not what our family does because it's just something that I made that choice for them. That it's like, yeah, you can have juice once in a while, but we're not going to have it as your drink for each meal because it's just too much sugar, you know? Yeah, for sure. What about your husband? Does he eat similar to you or a bit different? He tries. He definitely tries. He's actually also pre-diabetic too mm. recently. Um, so it's good that we kind of now just do it together in a way. We try to eat healthier together. So um, I would say he is definitely not as extreme as I can be. Like he didn't freak out like I did when I got it. But like, <laughs> he did, like we do try. We try to eat as healthy as we can. So um, we definitely try to incorporate more greens, more salads, more, you know, lean proteins when we can. Um, but we also give up, give ourselves grace to just like eat out once in a while and eat some of our favorite foods but there always needs to be like some, somewhat of a strategy right like if we go somewhere yeah. like, okay like do you think we can order some okay we'll have a salad with our meal but we're gonna order you know what, what it is that we want to eat like on the menu too yeah do you know anyone else in your life who is pre-diabetic or diabetic um pre-diabetic well a lot of my relatives are type two like my mom my aunt um People my age, I don't know that many people that are. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was trying to think if there's, if there's anyone else that I ever kind of like bounce food ideas off of. <laughs> but I think so. I think it's just pretty much me and my husband and, oh, well, his parents too. Sorry, my, my, my in-laws as well. Um, I believe my mother-in-law is pre-diabetic still, but my father-in-law is type 2 as well. So hmm. yeah, it's, it kind of runs in both sides of our family. So it's definitely something we think about for our children. Yeah. What about nutrition goals for their future? Do you have any goals of, I don't know, recipes you want to make or just goals in general? Um, Goals. That's a good question. I actually haven't set my 2024 goals. <laughs> I think I just... It's not too to... late. Yeah, I know, right? It's still January. Um, I think I just want to keep going and just keep trying, um, you know, just keep trying to see what works. I do feel like recently I've been skipping my afternoon snack, which I find has not been good because I used to be so good at just like, you know, three o'clock hits, I'm going to have some kind of healthy snack, whether it's like yogurt with berries and nuts or like hummus with something like, like um, some whole grain crackers or like uh, celery sticks or something. Like I always have something as my midday snack. And I've been feeling like I've been so busy at work, like I, I keep forgetting. And then by yeah. the time dinner rolls around, I'm like, oh, I'm so hungry. Like I'm like so low in the blood sugars, like I can feel it. So I feel like I need to get back on track with that, like just trying to like make um room in the day for the snacking because I feel like that really helps at least for me um lowering my a1c and like um just feeling better so I'm just not like hangry when the next meal comes so I think I need to maybe I'll say that's my goal trying to eat regularly <laughs> throughout the day so that my blood sugars aren't going like this so I feel like lately it's been a little bit like this so. there you go write it down yeah. so it happens I know right I'll manifest <laughs> it. it's gonna happen <laughs> what would you say one recipe for anyone listening that you think they have to try one of your favorite ah, recipes from the past year or what would you say question. This? i don't know hmm. like overall or like healthy like hmm. uh overall but at least somewhat healthy yeah so <laughs> i guess i generally like post more healthy re recipes but i'm trying to think of what would be my favorite um 
let me think what there's so many there's so much stuff i cook i'm trying to think of like what that i what i posted recently or hmm I would say I really like um, those almond flour pancakes that I made. Oh, I think it's I think it was last year, but it was um, they're just really easy to make and they heat up pretty good. Um, but they're 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 really tasty. They're like with, with sliced banana, and I always love Larry's kind of nut butter on top and some nuts. Really good, really good. Um, it's a really good bite. Like it's soft because the pancakes are nice and fluffy, and then you get like the creamy peanut butter. And then a little bit of banana for some natural sweetness. Like, yeah, that one's really good. I still make Sounds that for good. my kids. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, is there any other topics you want to talk about? No, actually, I've, I've, I've honestly, I've, I haven't done a podcast before, so I don't really know. Like, if I should, should you want me to ask you more questions? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, welcome to your first podcast. Yeah, that's fun. Exciting. Uh, do you want to tell <laughs> me more about yourself and your journey too? Uh, sure. So I, I had prediabetes. I was diagnosed um, a couple of years ago. And then I did also like you, like the cutting out everything, cutting out all pasta, rice, anything with sugar. And I didn't realize how much sugar I was really eating. Like even just in, I would eat, I would drink juice every day pretty much. And even throughout the day, like I would have like a glass of water, but I would also add juice to it. So I was having that and I was having pasta for multiple meals a day sometimes i would even have it for breakfast mm -hmm. um, and then rice too like i'd go back and forth with, between pasta and rice um, and lots of bread and things like that and when i was a kid i would pretty much just eat like plain pasta and crackers and bread and like the things that we know we're not supposed to eat so much of now mm -hmm. um, and i had actually the pre-diabetes symptoms for many years and i just never realized and i never did a blood test so i never knew and i was thin so everyone said since you're thin like you have to be healthy like mm -hmm, there's no mm -hmm. way you have pre-diabetes or something but then eventually when i did the blood test i realized that wow i actually do so <laughs> i had to make a change so yeah yeah, it's, so yeah i feel you on the um the weight thing like people don't expect you to have blood sugar issues if you're thin or you know relatively thin or smaller and a smaller body or smaller brain but yeah sometimes it's just your insides are saying something different right or it could be a genetic yeah. thing or like even ethnicities right there's certain ethnicities that are more predisposed which is yeah. something yeah i learned too like oh like like asians are part of that category so something mm -hmm. to think about you know yeah but i have seen lots of stories of like uh, people thinking it's genetic and people you know both of their parents are diabetic and they also mm -hmm. but then they change their diet and their and their way of living and they completely mm -hmm. reverse it so it yeah, definitely is yeah. hope for people and i started eating a lot more healthy fats for example and it, it really like i feel so much better now mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. and i cut out a lot of you know i reduced a lot of the pasta and the and the car and like the simple carbs i still eat like starchy vegetables and mm -hmm, lentils mm -hmm. and chickpeas and things like that that's good and pasta that's just good. once in a while like once a month i'll eat something like that yeah, just yeah. not every day <laughs> yeah and it's okay to have some pasta but it's also like how you pair it right on your plate yeah. like maybe just pasta on its own and that's your meal is probably not the healthiest for blood sugar issues but yeah but if you had pasta like a 
decent portion, but paired it with, you know, your some vegetables your, and some yeah. olive oil or coconut yeah. cream. I started using a lot, which Ooh. is a really great, great ingredient. Yeah, I like coconut cream. It gives it some kind of like added um, creaminess and a little bit of that subtle flavor of coconut. Yeah, yeah that's, and a, then that's I add a good some idea. more spices in and, and it's really good. Mm-hmm, yummy. I'm hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to see your next recipe that you post. Oh, thank you, Stephen. Uh, I really enjoyed meeting you. Yeah, and me too. This has been thanks fun. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thank you so oh, much. Where can where can people find you if they want to find you? Uh, uh, they can find me at Happy Heart Cravings on Instagram, and I do have a TikTok, but I don't post as often. But for 2024, I'll try to make that part of my resolutions to just be more active. So you can awesome. find me there. <laughs> Give Nancy a follow because she has some amazing healthy recipes on her account. Thank you. Mm-hmm.